0: Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help I'm your host Tom. It's Vikings week, baby. Grassi and, ho. Oh, 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 do we have a guess? That's right. Only fit for the Vikings-Packers rivalry. I'm sorry, I had to. We're bringing on... <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to get the shots in when I can just because we're winning this season. We're bringing in a man from the highly successful, highly entertaining YouTube channel. Today on our show, we got Mr. Realistic Randy. Randy, thanks for coming on, bud.
1: Um, Listen, man, (laughs) I've been watching your channel for a while. All these subtle shots you be doing to the Vikings nation. I absolutely love it. But let me tell you something right now, bro. Once we get a new quarterback and a new coach and a new GM, and a better offensive line and a better defense, then you'll be sorry. How's it going, man? <laughs> you better watch out because it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. That,
0: that's a phenomenal start to this. That's that's essentially. Where... Listen, I that's all we got to be fair. I didn't think it was gonna go like this. I didn't. I didn't think that you know
1: coming into week eight, this is where we
0: were gonna be uh, on for either team. Really, and I thought.
1: I thought we would be ten and six. I predicted a ten and six season for the Vikings, and I thought the first meeting that we would be all riled up to face you guys. Let's show Aaron Rodgers whose house he's in, and we would squeak that win out. And then this meeting, we would barely lose in Lambeau Field. But uh, yeah, circumstances have changed. Yeah, Just a smidge. Hmm.
0: Just a smidge. I have to ask, what jersey is behind you right now? That is Randy Moss. Okay, I, I saw the that. yeah. I saw the four and I, I had a little bit of a conniption and I was just like, nah, he's not he's not showing off like the Brett Favre Vikings jersey in front of me, right? Like that, okay. I mean, which, Moss just showed his ass in front of Lambeau. So that was, that's fine. That's okay, but.
1: Which oddly enough, I wouldn't even mind having a Brett Favre Vikings jersey. 2009 was phenomenal. It was amazing. I I hated Brett Favre before he joined us. Once he joined us, oh, God, Brett Favre. One of the greatest of all time. <laughs> really this underrated. can play forever. Yeah.
0: So much yeah. yeah. No, I really enjoyed how that season ended. So, yeah, I like, <laughs> enjoyed different things about that season. But, you know, it, it's funny because, like, there was, like, Brett Favre was my childhood, right? Like, as a Packers fan, like, he's what got me into being a Packers fan. Like, he was the quarterback throughout the 90s, like, when I was a fan. And, like, I was so, like, torn because I was like, I still like Brett Favre but I hate the Vikings. So like it was like one of those things of like watching them in the NFC Championship game and I wasn't say like I was rooting for you, but if you made it to the Super Bowl, it's like all right, if Brett gets another one, Brett gets another one. But the interception happened. I was like never mind, I'll take that ending. That ending's fine too. Yeah, of course you will.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and of course that's been his legacy where he's thrown those timely interceptions to end games. But because he was with the Vikings, I said, oh, not this time. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. And, of course, <laughs> it's going to be different. We would have smashed the Colts in that Super Bowl. I'll oh, tell yeah. you what, right now. I agree. Completely 100%. totally agree.
0: Comple- that one That one I understand. You know, And it's funny because, like, if I'm not mistaken, I'm thinking back now because that was when I was in college. And I remember, like, it came out in the papers because they were talking about, like, oh, like, you know, this is for New Orleans because of, like, the hurricane and this is them rebuilding and stuff. And Brett Favre was like, you could spin that narrative of like how we could have deserved it too. Like it it could have gone either way, you know, but they just had, you know, the hurricane behind them.
1: Oh, you know, bounty gate, no big deal. And what's funny is because if I, if I remember correctly, about a year or two before that 2009 NFC championship game, I could be wrong. I think it was two years before that Tom Brady got hurt. He got out, he got, uh, I think he he suffered a torn ACL or something like that in the first week or two of the season. And that's when Matt Castle started the rest of the year. And from that point forward, the, the officiating crew was, like, okay, we have to protect quarterbacks. We have to do everything we can. Go back and watch that 2009 NFC Championship game oh. where those refs, they sat there and watched Brett Favre take shot after late shot. And I said, where are the flags? You throw <laughs> flags for anything else, you're not going to do it right now for Brett Favre? Man, please. I'm going for New Orleans. Okay. They're
0: like, they're lining up with like baseball bats or whatever. They're like pulling yeah. up brass knuckles and putting them on. And the refs are just like, no, I don't, I don't see anything.
1: I don't, I don't. Arv's ankle was like purple after that.
0: Yeah, game. absolutely. You know, if there's anything about Brett Favre, I mean, good God, the tenacity of that man was insane. So I have to ask, so heading into this season, you know, based off the NFC North, I looked at you guys as having the most successful draft in that you got a lot of guys to to fill a lot of holes, you know, coming into the season, you know, obviously, the Justin Jefferson pick, you know, that stood out to me of like, you know, being getting some corners and I was like, okay, like, you know, it's, it's going to be good. Cause you guys were a good team last year and, you know, Vikings fans and I go back and forth on a weekly basis. And I was looking at it and I was like, I, I think I may have predicted like 10 and six around the same thing for you guys this year. I thought it'd be a close race between the Packers and the Vikings. And what wound up happening is like, they drafted and I was like, okay, like you lost some guys like on defense, you know, obviously Stefan Diggs gets traded away, what have you. But I kind of just want to like ask this like really open question of like what the hell happened like how did we get to here, because like you were here and now we're not there
1: anymore, so like from your perspective,
0: what went wrong.
1: This is par for the course for the Minnesota Vikings what we're seeing this season and the last six on odd years we make it to the playoffs we can maybe squeak out a win Mm. in our playoff losses it's been utterly embarrassing but then the following even year we say okay maybe we can follow this up with consecutive playoff appearances and it just hasn't happened and we've been non-competitive in those situations now in 2020 another even year we're one of the least competitive teams in the league so now we're only six games into this baby right now. Yeah. We've got 10 more games to go. So now my focus is now shifting towards tank season. Endeavor for Trevor, damn it. Our, That's okay. where I'm at. So
0: we're, we're already all aboard. Like the, we're on the train. Oh, oh. The Train's left the station. It's gone. It's, it's, a, it's a few stations down.
1: 100%. 100%. Okay. This is all we have right now. <laughs> so, it, uh, okay, yes. I predicted 10 and six. I thought they would be a lot more competitive. Yeah. But- Am I all that shocked to say the least? No, I'm really not. Cause this is just what always happens. Can you get to the playoffs in consecutive years? And so far through the last six seasons and now this it's not going to happen. So do you, all right. So there's a lot of things that we can point the finger at and be like,
0: this is the reason, or it could just be a plethora of things, right. In which like, it's kind of all like coming together. You mentioned before in like the beginning, like you're talking about head coaches, you're talking about quarterbacks, what have you listen Kirk Cousins getting $84 million will never not be funny. It's never gonna happen. Like it'll always be hysterical to me. I, I will always sure. laugh about this. However, however, he's not that bad in terms of like last year he had a good season. Last year he was not bad. Very much assisted by that running game. You know, that they definitely rely on that that power running game. And when Dalvin Cook is either injured or is not having it that day, they struggle. But I, I kind of like, can you pinpoint to me, is it a coaching issue? Is it a quarterback? Is it just like all of the, the, the exodus that has occurred, you know, from the defense? Is it Daniel Hunter being out? Like, you know, is it or is it just a mixture of everything that has led up to this
1: season? I think it's mostly leadership. Kirk Cousins definitely deserves blame. And it's funny because of all the things that I've been critical of with the general manager, Rick Spielman, quarterback is the one thing I will always defend him on trading away a first round pick for Sam Bradford you had to do it because you just made the playoffs the year before that you lost because of Blair the Blair Walsh project that was so I understand it Sam Bradford when healthy was a gunslinger this dude could absolutely throw the football the only reason why he didn't do much is because he just couldn't stay healthy and then of course Case Keenum he was fantastic but you had to go with you had to go with the quarterback with the bigger resume. Kirk Cousins was the sexier Mm -hmm. name to take. What other options were there? Teddy Bridgewater? Well, his knee fell off, what, the year before that? You couldn't trust him. Case Keenum, he's been bouncing around the league. So I will always defend Rick Spielman for bringing on Kirk Cousins. And in hindsight, again, I'm not going to criticize that at all. But the one thing I will say is that because of the type of head coach we have, Mike Zimmer, the, brr, the grumpy grouch that he is, <laughs> you, you need players that can compartmentalize with that. Every mm-hmm. single game after that 2017 season, or not after, during that 2017 season, Tom, every single game right after Mike Zimmer would say, oh, Case Keenum, he's, he's doing too much. But Case Keenum was so used to getting dogged throughout his career, they just, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, Kirk Cousins... He's not really that guy. He needs his handheld. So on one hand, you could say, let's make sure we bring in players that are always mentally tough. But I feel like it's 2020 times have changed. You need leadership that can adapt to the personnel that you have. What you say to one person, they may receive one way. What you say to the other, they may receive it in a different manner. It's not what you say It's how you say it. And, to pinpoint this, I'm going to the general manager, Rick Spielman. For I mean, how many times do we have to sit here and say, When are we getting an offensive line? Every mm-hmm. single year, oh, this offensive line is atrocious. Mm-hmm. He always trades back a thousand picks just to get all these nonstop, endless sixth and seventh round picks. And then Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, I mean, my guy, I think what we're seeing right now is teams have figured out Mike Zimmer's defense. In 2019, it was a bend, but don't break defense. It was Mm -hmm. leaky at times, but it was still great in the sense of scoring defense. They were fifth best in the league in 2019. Now we're third worst. So it's leaky everywhere. And we can talk about turnover as much as we want, but I'm sorry for all the Vikings fans out there. We couldn't, last year, we couldn't get rid of Xavier Rose quick enough. He was god awful. Trey Wayne's the same. Mackenzie Alexander, he was nice. He was okay. Yeah. So on one hand, we got rid of those guys, but we can't sit here and say, oh, the turnover on defense this is supposed to be a defensive guru. And last time I checked, if you're a defensive guru, having Daniil Hunter on IR, it absolutely stinks. But if you're a defensive guru, that means you're able to adjust and work with what you have. And this year, Mike Zimmer's defense finally caught up to him. It's gotten exposed.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, what's fascinating is, you know, I, I think talking with other Vikings fans throughout the years, like that whole, do we keep Case Keenum and then use the money that we paid Kirk Cousins to make like that offensive line actually decent? Do we go and do we potentially like spend it like on, like, cause again, they went to the NFC championship game with a backup quarterback, right? Sure. Like, let's call it what it is. And listen, that's more than the Packers have ever done with a backup quarterback. Right, like the best thing I got is like Matt Flynn, you know, coming a comeback win against the Cowboys years ago. That's what I got. And you know, when when our season, you know, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, like he has, you know, then our season's done, and that's it. But you guys, you have a quarterback go down, and you have a balanced football team with strengths that are not just relying on the QB. And because of that, you were successful. And I feel like with the Vikings, when it comes to um, you know, the court, I feel like it's, it's a lot of it has been at the quarterbacks. I mean, listen, you had AP, you had a good defense, like when you brought Farvin, and I was like, oh crap, like they're going to be a good football team now. Oh, that and they was were. so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. I mean, like they were a really, really good football team. And I think kind of looking at where it is now, I think, you know, Kirk Cousins, what you paid for, and this is just, you know, kind of just my looking, you know, looking out is Kirk Cousins. Like, again, he was that like middle of the road could do really well for you, maybe could go win you a few games, kind of QB, right? And they paid him a lot because that's what the QB market dictated at the time. You know, and again, you were anchored by that great running game because Dalvin Cook is a great running back and of course the great defense. And now coming in, you know, you look at the defense, which has lost a lot of guys. You know, those corners are super duper young and inexperienced. The, the, The safeties are still good, but you know, you look at it, and it seems like, okay, you have Justin Jefferson who's putting up, you know, he's looking good. Thielen is looking good. Cook, you know, unhealthy. He's okay. He's good too, obviously. So, like, what happened on the offensive side, right? So, we look at defense and, like, all the problems there. And, and you can put that on Zimmer and what have you. But if you look at the offense, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong. But, like, you lost Diggs. You know, you, you replace him with, with Jefferson, you know, which is not a, a comparison but like what has gone on with the offense that has allowed them to struggle? Or is it just because like they have to now put up more points than their opponent, which is more than they would have had with a decent
1: defense. Well, that's the starting point because to start the year, I mean, they were putting what 30 points up a game. I mean, now the Packers game week one, that was garbage time. I'm not counting that, but against Tennessee, against seattle i mean they were putting up points but the defense just consistently let them down so that's the baseline right there this team is not built to be a an offensive first team that's just not how we're built but unfortunately because of how poorly our defense has played that that onus has now gone on to our offense. Then not only that, I mean, Kirk Cousins, we know what type of quarterback that he is. I think he spent, what, six seasons in Washington before he came to us. Mm-hmm. At that point, he is who he is. You can't, teach a, a, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. He's a guy that needs an offensive line. Kirk Cousins, he's had his struggles last year during October. He was fantastic. Once in a while, he can flip on that switch of alpha male. But for the most part, he needs his handheld. But Mm. you need to give him sort of a head start with an offensive line. We cut one of our best offensive linemen last year, Josh Klein, for nothing. Mm. Absolutely no reason. And Rick Spielman, he does this thing where he just wants to be cute and let's shuffle. Let's move guys out of position from the outside to the inside And then when we get pressure on the interior with our guards, then we sit there and throw up our hands and Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, I can't believe this is absolutely ridiculous. You did this to yourselves. (laughs) You can't, you have no right to be surprised at any of this. So I think that's part of it. Kirk Cousins, he deserves his share of blame, but also the play calling. It's been inconsistent. There have been some games where I said, man, Gary Kubiak, wow, that is, look at him. There are times where I expected them to just go, I made up this little song that I did on my podcast because <laughs> Mike Zimmer, he loves the whole run deep or the run first and then pass on third down. So run, run, pass, defense, defense, defense. But there's been a lot That's of Mike times McCarthy. where literally, <laughs>
0: we literally said that for years. It was run, really? run, pass, run, run, pass. And we didn't have a running game.
1: <laughs> and you have these weapons. You have Earth Smith Jr., you have Kyle Rudolph, you have the two receivers, even without Diggs, Jefferson, and Thielen but there's been so many times so many blunders i mean there was one game i think it was against tennessee and i swear it was on fourth down it was on i swear it was either third or fourth down i'm going to stick with fourth down <laughs> these dudes threw gary kubiak called a deep bomb pass to tajay sharp on the right sideline tajay sharp who has been inactive for half the games up to this point he might be our wide receiver four or five depending on how you look at bc johnson and chad Beebe, but there's been so many times where it's like why is he on the field why are you throwing him on a deep pass pattern oh wait you're actually throwing him the football so i, I just think we were built to be a balanced team like you yes. mentioned but unfortunately the defense they just can't get off the field so that puts more pressure on our offense which this team they're just not built to do that Kirk cousins he's not that type of quarterback yeah
0: yeah no, I, I, I hear that. And that makes a lot of sense. And, and you mentioned kind of like looking at the outlook of just like we're in tank mode. And again, like there's still a lot of season left, right? So uh, I'm going to ask you like preliminary, easy question. Do you think that like this could get turned around this season?
1: No, no, absolutely not. Okay. And you know what? Actually, you know, well, define turnaround because when you say turnaround, I will not be shocked. Right now, we, are, we have a good chance to maybe get that number one pick in the draft. I know it's going to be really hard to out-suck <laughs> the Jets for that number one pick, but let me have this. I need this. We have nothing else to look forward to. But right. I would not be surprised, as far as turn the season around, to get maybe three or four wins to then we end up with the ninth pick in the draft. And then Mike Zimmer's like, look at this, look what we did. No one believed in us. And then the ownership group will say, you know, let's give them another year. Maybe, maybe we can see this through. So, but as big picture, can they be competitive? Mike Zimmer, goodness is winless against Matt LaFleur. Oh, and three, we still got to play you guys this Sunday. He's probably going to go and
0: four to be fair. The entire division
1: has not beaten oh, okay. him before. I'm well, just
0: saying, uh, to be fair, okay, okay. Be fair. that's
1: okay. Well, all right, if we want to be fair, then also, goodness, the last 2 years Mike Zimmer he's been winless against Matt Nagy. And okay, that's bad. I'm I'm sorry, but it's it's one of those things where we we've seen this play out for the last 6 years and now this year where we just haven't been able to get over that hump. Mm. And in our playoff losses, we've been so embarrassing Mike Zimmer's best season, 2017, it ended in a 31-point blowout loss in the NFC Championship game where you had an opportunity to play the Super Bowl at your damn house. That's the best season he's had. So, I mean, can we turn it around to get a couple of wins to make ourselves feel good? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We can go 6-10. and But as far as competitive, can we, oh, squeak into the playoffs? No. What is it, seven playoff spots now? Yeah. Yeah, no, not so we, much. we're not getting it. Not so much.
0: Because, like, if you're looking at, like, all right, if you're looking at long-term, so let's pretend this season didn't happen, right? Like, Or, you know, we're just going to put our heads down and just get through it. You know, you, you bring in a guy like Ngankwe, right? And then filter him out. He goes. So if anything, you still got value for him. So that was something, right? You lost a second. You turned it into a third. You know, that's sure. it is what it is. So yeah. I'm looking ahead. And looking into the future, the cap space is tight. It's a it's a, it's a tight cap room. Um, on top of that, you know, next year with because of COVID and what have you and restrictions on the cap, and, you know, that might make it difficult for all 32 teams. So kind of looking after this year, what is the outlook for, like, the Minnesota Vikings? Are we in rebuild mode or are we in, like, if you want to get cute and be like reload like is it just like we're missing a couple pieces from your standpoint like what is like the next two to three years look like for the minnesota vikings
1: i think we're in rebuild mode i i don't think the vikings think they're in rebuild mode because again they traded away a second round pick for yannick and i am Mm -hmm. sure that when zimmer spielman got those extensions they sold the Wolf Brothers. Listen, we're going to be competitive next season and beyond just you wait and see if you're in rebuild mode or if you know that you're in rebuild mode, you're not going to give away a second round pick for a one year rental of a player that you may not get back. Clearly, that's not going to happen. I think in order to write the ship, we need new leadership. We need a new general manager that takes his job seriously. We need a head coach that can adapt to players and is innovative. And I've been so critical of Mike Zimmer, but I'm going to give him credit in this regard. Mike Zimmer is a good head coach when he's the new kid on the block, when you need a breath of fresh air. Mm. So in the case of the Dallas Cowboys, there's rumors about him. Maybe he can get traded to Dallas. Jerry Jones, he loves him. He's sick and tired of Mike McCarthy. (laughs) Mike Zimmer would be a great he would he would fill a great void in that Dallas Cowboys locker room because it's look at let's whip these dudes into shape let's get it together and the shot value of oh let me not piss him off that's worth something initially as time wears on and if you're not producing if you're not winning games and you consistently get beat down by teams that adjust and you don't then the message gets old so i think he just needs a fresh start somewhere else for the vikings Eric Bienemy Eric enemy, Eric Bienemy I heard a soundbite I want to say Tom a week or two ago I don't remember after which game this was but Eric Enemy, he talked about listen I want all my players to be successful I want them to rack up all their stats but at the end of the day the NFL is all about the W and the L and we need to do everything. Po- I'm paraphrasing here, but we need to do everything possible to get that W. I want all of our players to be successful, but we need to get the W first. And what happened this week to get the W next week, we may have to do something completely different. Mm. So he's all about adjusting game planning. And I sat there, I heard that sound bite, and I said, boy, that would be nice to have with <laughs> this young talent that we have. I just think the message has gotten stale with Mike Zimmer. And, again, the, the league has figured out his defense. One more point I'm going to bring up. Sunday night football a couple of weeks ago against Seattle, all game long, Cam Dantzler was getting lit up by DK Metcalf, all game long. And we talk about how he doesn't adjust. Final possession of the Seahawks, fourth and ten, Mike Zimmer – the defensive guru and cornerback whisperer that he is allowed Cam Dantzler to be on single coverage with DK Metcalf. We can talk about Harrison Smith. Oh, he came over to help. He started at the line of scrimmage to show blitz, And then he ran back to go on a deep pass pattern. You're not going to catch up. You were too short. We just need someone that can adjust to the players that we have and in game adjustments, not in order for the Vikings defense to be successful. We have to play lights out from start to finish. We have to force opposing teams to play our game for all four quarters. When teams adjust, we don't. It's time. We're in year seven now. There's nothing else to see here. Eric Bieniemy, go for Trevor Lawrence, Justin <laughs> Fields, whoever the hell you want, Trey Lance, I don't care. It's it's time to rebuild with a whole new fresh start in leadership.
0: You know, and it's, it's funny because – the past few guests that I've had have been the Falcons have been the Texans. And now we're talking about the Vikings and B. enemy has come up in every single one of those conversations. Oh my God. And, and I mean, you know, I even said B. enemy, you know, when the floor, before he got hired, you know, when we had a vacancy, they were talking about Josh McDaniels. And I was like, please God, no, like I don't, I don't need another failed, like Belichick prodigy. I don't need that in my life. And I, th- I think it's fascinating because you know, the Vikings are a team that I've always recognized like as their defense. And if you look around this to just the division, you know, the bears, the bears have a good defense, right? The bears have the best defense in our division by far. Their offense leaves a lot to be desired. Right. And there's, there's, there's some problems there, but I think it's, it's so fascinating because if you have a good defense in this league, that can take you so far, even if you have a mediocre offense, And I think that, you know, with the Vikings, how I was looking at it, I was like, okay, yeah, they lost some pieces, what have you. But, you know, there was a team that was going to be able to beat in it. And I feel like a couple of years ago, like that was the case as well, right? You had that defense that was smash mouth, punchy in the face, and you had an offense that could move the football as well. And I feel like it's just crazy that like there is like this almost, it seems like very quick metamorphosis into now we're in rebuild mode. And I don't know if that speaks to, like you were saying with the leadership. I don't know if that just talks about the adaptation that you are talking about with the NFL and how all these other NFL teams were able to adjust and adapt to what Zimmer was doing. But I think like, it, it just goes to show again, like it is a year to year league, you know, and, and when you can look amazing one year, the next year, you're just like, yeah, number one pick would be real nice.
1: Absolutely. And Everson Griffin, he chose to sign with Dallas. Now he got traded to Detroit. Of course, yep. his first game is against us. But he willingly chose to sign with Dallas. J-Ron he's with the Detroit Lions. He's been throwing shade at the Vikings. I, uh, eventually, it just gets to a point, what else is there to see here? And to your point, yep. as far as the defense, it's if you have a great defense, that's fine. I would venture to say that you could probably – I think the longevity of having a really good offense and a porous defense can Mm -hmm. take you much further than, okay, we're just going to grind it out on defense and quarterback don't make mistakes. If you're going to bring a quarterback for $84 million and all you want him to do is not make mistakes, then have Sean Mannion be your starting quarterback. It's just, it's just fiscally irresponsible. It's it's just, it's time, man. Yeah. None of what they've done have made sense so far.
0: Yeah. No. And
1: now we're one and five.
0: Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I, I definitely get it. Um, and, and I think like, too, you mentioned Xavier Rhodes and then like what he's doing with the Colts. <laughs> like, like, I, don't, I haven't he's paid attention fantastic. for the past like couple weeks, but I know in the beginning of the season, like he was lighting it up. And like, I literally was like, I was like, that, that Xavier Rhodes? Because like, we used to joke like, roads are open because like, we literally were able to just do whatever. And I know talking to Vikings fans are like, we need to get rid of him like yesterday. We need to get rid of him. And, and oh, they- I trashed him. Yeah, maybe that speaks to your point even more, though, right? And, like, if you have a defensive guru like Mike Zimmer, and then you have a guy like Xavier Rhodes who's able to go to the Colts and shine because they're playing to his strengths, I mean, what does that say about your defensive guru? Uh,
1: he's you playing know. on a lot more zone coverage in Indy, but, again, mm-hmm. if that's where his strength is at this point in his career, yeah, go ahead and put him in those situations. Exactly
0: exactly yeah. play to your player strengths right like yeah. and put them in positions to succeed
1: so Absolutely.
0: real quick before we let you get out of here um this sunday um obviously it's a divisional game you never know and so like i'm not going in there with like the biggest head and the most confidence again i think we should we should we should win if we don't there's a problem sure but i mean like how do you see this game going like do you think it's going to be competitive or do you think it's gonna be like week one what do you got
1: I swear I'm not hedging when I say this, but the one thing about Mike Zimmer is when there's a game that, oh, the whole world is against him. That's when somehow the team comes out and they just, I I bet you, he has all the media film clips in the locker room saying, look at them. They don't believe in us. And then that's when all of a sudden they can win with that said, I think the Vikings will get smashed in this game because again, our defense, the Packers offense. I mean, for most teams in the league, they let the run set up the play action for the Packers. I mean, they let the run set it up, but also Aaron Rodgers he loves those outlet passes to his running backs and tight ends. And that really sets up the play action. I want to say it was against Atlanta. They had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams on the field at the same time out left. Aaron Jones led the way fake the outlet pass to Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones threw up his hands to fake it off. And Aaron Rodgers threw it to Jamal Williams right behind him. I mean, it's incredible. So and another thing that I will say, though, is this is this is the band geek in me because I was in the uh, stage band in grade school, middle school and uh, elementary school. I know sound. I study sound. How Aaron Rodgers has been able to get dudes to jump off sides with that hard count is beyond me because, and I could be wrong about this, but he has two primary cadences. He has 319 and ready go. It just depends on how he feels about it. But when he's doing the hard count, it's 319. It's never ready go. And when he does the hard count, it's 319 and it crescendos up. 319, 319. But when he's about to snap it, it lowers. It's almost like a lazy count. 319, 319. And yet, do still jump off sides. Yep. I don't get it. But no, I think it's going to be a blowout loss. What are your thoughts? I think it should be. I think, you know, you, you, have, you
0: come off, Devontae did really, really well against your secondary week one, tore yeah. up the Texans secondary. I think you see a lot of that. If Aaron Jones is ready to go, I think you'll be good. If we are missing Kevin King again, and we were missing Savage from the past game, you, you, Justin Jefferson and Thielen might have a good day. Um, yeah, that's very, very possible. I think that we can outscore your offense and the defense, since it's not what it used to be, I think, you know, the offensive line, if Bakhtiari is back, which is neither here and it, it might happen. Um, I think we'll still be good. Cause I mean, I don't know the specific statistics, but I have to imagine the pass rush has not been great this season.
1: No, it has not. And now, if Yannick and Gakwe gone, we virtually have no pass rush. And the middle of the defensive line—that's where we've had serious, serious issues. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers, even if we do, Afadio Denebo, hes nice, but even if there are a couple of plays, a pass rush from the outside, Aaron Rodgers, all he has to do is step up inside. So, gotcha. Yeah, it's um, it's not looking good. Yannick and Gakwe was really the only bright spot we had with the Neil Hunter going on IR, and now. Ngakwe's gone, so yeah. what are you going to do? I hear you. I hear you. Well,
0: listen, because the Green Bay Packers are are the bigger team, we will absolutely do you this favor in helping you get to the number one overall pick. We are, we're gracious enough to do that for our NFC North brethren. So. Oh, there you go. Now, Actually,
1: yeah. one more thing. Who do you think... Going back to the Justin Jefferson Thielen matchup, Sure, sure. Who do you think Jair Alexander will primarily guard in? This oh, game? I can't wait.
0: Um, there's a part of me that he there you might put him on Jefferson. There, there's a part of me that thinks he's been okay. phenomenal this year. Like giant, like yeah, no absolutely. people are just not catching balls against Jai. We're gonna pay him a lot of money yeah. when when that comes up. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think they might. Put, it depends on if King is playing. To be honest. Um, but Jefferson has like, he's got that speed. So I'm wondering if they, they throw him on against him. I mean, he might alternate too. I mean, he was on Will Fuller a lot. Um, and then when he wasn't on Will Fuller, that's the only time Will Fuller actually caught some balls. So, you know, they might throw him around depending if King is not playing and just alternate him, uh, against Thielen and also Jefferson. But I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they put him against the new kid.
1: Okay. Yeah. I would expect then if that's the case, Adam Thielen, he's been very efficient as well. I would expect Thielen, whoever Jair Alexander is not guarding, I would expect them to put up some yards, maybe even a touchdown. Yeah. I I can see it being competitive for the first quarter and a half, but then as the time wears down Aaron Rodgers he gets a couple of dudes to jump off sides and that run game, Aaron Jones, if he's going to be back, because this is the thing too. When I watched the run game of the Packers with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, I swear sometimes just as a viewer of the game, maybe the defense feels the same way. It's so strong and effective to where I'm just locked in. Okay. What's this run game going to do? Yep. And then I forget. Oh snap. They also have Aaron Rodgers yeah. on the team as well. Yeah. It's incredible, man. And then Robert Tunyon. I, I'm not going to go on a tangent here. Sure. Robert Tunyon. Even in his games where it's, like, so-so stat-wise, he's been incredible. I mean, he's been making just big play after big play. Eric Kendricks now, best coverage linebacker in the game, maybe best middle linebacker in the game. He's going to have his work cut out for him. But I'm just very impressed. I thought you guys should have took Chase Claypool in the draft. But, I mean, the Packers have – yeah. But the Packers, I think they've made it work so well to where they spread the ball around. You have a strong run game. It just doesn't even matter this year. So it's uh, be- it'll be yeah. close to start, but go ahead. <laughs> it's going to be fascinating
0: too because they they have some really tough decisions up ahead because Aaron Jones, Kevin King, David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley are all free agents next year. So wow. you know that that's a lot of people. Our cap is 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 not you know we don't have a ton of cap space either. And of course, as we talked about earlier, like with COVID and everything like that, it's going to it's going to be tough. Um, You know, we'll 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 see what happens. But Randy, I appreciate you coming on spitting some Vikings wisdom. And please tell the people where they can find absolutely everything that you do so they can check you out further.
1: Yeah, I do a YouTube podcast. You can search Realistic Randy. You'll find me there. Twitter at Realistic underscore Randy. Facebook at Realistic Randy. I have an Instagram account too. I don't really do much on there, but just search Realistic <laughs> Randy and you'll find me there.
0: There you go. That's it. Beautiful. No, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah. It was uh, greatly appreciated. And uh, well, we'll see you on Sunday. <laughs>